Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. It is, of course, hump day. And I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. That's what we did yesterday, Scott. Winning all over the place. I know that... I know that uh, I hit everything in sight as far as my plays of the day, my premium picks, and I know you did well. I even hit a, I even hit a live tennis bet, Scott. That's a, that's a, that's a heat check for me right there. Uh, See, it's heat check for you. It's called the average day for me because I also hit a live tennis play with Fernandez. We hit the uh, same one, as a matter of fact. We did. You had the first set, though. I live bet her midway through the third set, so I got a little bit of a minus price there, but it worked out well for me. Other than that, really took the day off. Didn't really like anything. I did a DFS lineup for FanDuel. One, other than that, didn't really do much. Kind of just kicked back and enjoying the holiday. Outstanding. That's right. It is uh, day two of Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> day two, night two, however you want to call it. Yeah, I, we, I, got a, I got a nice explanation of when the Jewish day begins. and it was, it was I, You know, you learn something new every day. I tried not to overwhelm you. See, Scott, I'm one of these guys, I like to play trivia, and then you go places, and people are like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I don't, I have no idea how I know it. Th- that's how I know. I ask questions. I ask, you know, embarrassing, pointless questions that all of a sudden you have that knowledge, so. See, it's the same way with me, but I just randomly remember UConn scores from 2018. That was, that was just bizarre right there, buddy. Absolutely bizarre, so. All right, man. Hey, let's find out, Scott, who didn't do as well as us. Let's, let's, you know... We like to tell you how good we're doing. We we like to open the show. We'll tell you how we're we tell you you guys how we're doing, whether we're doing well or whether we're doing poorly. So we got to break our arms today, patting ourselves on the back. Doesn't always work out that way. And it definitely didn't work out that way for everybody today. Scott, let's find out who took it in the shorts today, who maybe didn't have such a great day. Maybe they're looking forward to hump day to pull it all together, because Tuesday was no bueno. These are the people that had those games where all you can do at the end of it is just call the cops. All right, my friend, let's start off as we so often do in the major leagues. Spoiler alert, there's going to be a lot of major league stuff tonight. If you had the Mariners money line going to go against the Astros, man, you had a nice price on that. You led 4-2 to two, heading into the bottom of the ninth. You know, the Mariners, they don't have the best bullpen, but they should be able to... Nope, 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 there it goes. That's a game-tying two-run home run. It's going to extras, and that's never a good sign for the underdog, and it wasn't here either as the Astros end up winning 5-4 to four in extra innings. If you had the Mariners' money line, you were good right up until the time you weren't. Call the cops. Also a bit of a moose there because if you had the under, it was 8.5. Game landed 9 after extras, so you had a total beat there as well. What did you, what did, what did you just call that? Called it a moose. A moose? Yeah. What's a moose? Uh, it's when you lose the total and the spread basically at the same time. Oh, well, there you go. I, I guess I just never do that, so I've never heard it. Ah, uh, usually lose before that. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm but usually anyway. eliminated by the fourth inning as yeah. far as my unders go. Yeah, very good. Uh, what what else you got? The second call, the cops. If you had the Phillies and Brewers uh, under eight and a half, you were in good shape because they had three runs in the first five innings. That's pretty good. And then... The Phillies scored another seven runs. I know, sorry, sorry. The uh, Brewers scored another seven runs to eventually win the game 10 to nothing. So you were halfway through and you were in very good shape. And then one team did all of the lifting while the other team was your best friend. And unfortunately, one team did a little bit too much offensively and you picked up a loss. Well, that's the way it was yesterday as, uh, as, they, as they struck against... Um... Uh, Brand, Brand, Brandon Woodruff and Boxberger, where they they beat them up. What is it? Was it twelve nothing yesterday? What was the, what was the final yesterday? I believe it was something like that. I know yeah. today Nola was okay. Then the bullpen came in for Philly, and everything and everything fell apart after that. Yeah, the Philly bullpen falling apart that checks out. The the mm-hmm. Brewers pen falling apart on uh, Monday night that just made no sense to me. Hey, a little close to my a little close to my heart here. Our course is the True Blue Kansas City Royals. If you had over ten. <laughs> in Baltimore, you were cooking seven runs in the first three innings. That's about the way you'd expect it to go. But what you didn't expect was both of those bullpens to pretty much lock it down the rest. Excuse me, the rest of the way. 
this game ended up hitting exactly 10 as the Royals put up, what do we call it, a needless run there in the eighth inning to make it 7-3. to three. No reason for that whatsoever. Scott, that was definitely a push loss because if you had the over, uh, you thought you were going to cruise and you ended up just sneaking in and grabbing a push, but it should have been a win and time for you to call the cops. Just to ask you a quick question involving the Royals not taking too much time. I don't know how early you want to panic on Coer. Is he a, just a quadruple A guy? Maybe. I mean, this is this is all these guys is just first taste of the big leagues. Well, he so, already tried the first taste a couple of weeks ago or months ago, and I'm, I'm talking about this season. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They've they've brought up they've they've started four guys that were taken in the 2018 drafts. First time it's ever happened in Major League history, by the way. That they've, well, they've, I'm asking about Coer because we talked about before the show yesterday how his numbers in Omaha are just absolutely disgusting. Right. And then he goes to the pros and they kill him every time he's there. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's made one good start this season. Everything else, has he's been riding the struggle bus. So we'll keep an eye on Jackson Coar and the rest of those uh, youngsters. This is a team, if everything broke right, Scott, this is a team that actually could have a very good pitching staff towards the end of next year, maybe even uh, the year after that. So we'll see what happens. He may be the odd man out. He may be a guy headed to the bullpen, maybe a trade piece. You know, we, uh, we, we saw what happened with, uh, with Jesus Lazardo, a guy that had a, a lot of, a lot of heat. And so far, I mean, he's, he's had, a, he's finally righted the ship there a little bit in Miami, but he's been pretty much dreadful as a starter in both places. So it could be that kind of situation where you just have to throw him in the pen. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's find out who uh, had a more Scott and Scott kind of day, the people that really had those nice, easy winners. No sweat whatsoever, no shenanigans, no last-second victories, nothing. Just everything went the way it should have, and you were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was the Tampa Bay Rays on the money line, taking on the Red Sox, led a 7-1 to after five innings, Led eleven to one after six innings, and then eventually won the game twelve to seven. Boston put up a little bit of a fight late, but when you're already down eleven runs, uh, yeah, that fight you probably could have saved for tomorrow. <laughs> you could have saved that fight for tomorrow. It was twelve one. Like, did you really need to score another six runs in the eighth and ninth inning? Probably not. You probably could have saved that for tomorrow. See, but see, you know, either way, easy winner for Tampa. There you go. If you had the Nationals Braves over nine at four runs in the first inning. You had to sweat it a little bit, but they ended up getting there. They got six runs in the seventh. That game ended up eight to five. You had the over nine in that Nationals Brave game. No sweat for you. That was a nice, easy rocking chair winner. And the last one was the Giants on the run line against the Rockies. The Rockies are pretty good at home, except when they play against the Giants. Giants led five to nothing after two innings, led eight to one after five innings, and won the game twelve to three. Never in doubt, Logan Webb once again really, really good. Yeah, he he's he's is that the I don't know. It's hard to say that he's the most under the radar pitcher this season. Is he certainly in the top five? Uh, well, it used to be Flexen before we kept talking about him every time he pitched. Right. So I'm assuming Logan Webb probably took his place. We willed Flexen to become good and to to have the skills that matched up with his record because mm-hmm. we kept talking about how he would win these games as a plus 180, 190 mm-hmm. underdog. So then he all of a sudden he just started pitching well. So and he's still winning. So yeah, Chris Flexen, kind of a uh, definitely under the radar kind of profitable. But pitcher. Webb Webb's been nuts. He's for just good. A couple couple months. Yeah, he's been really good. You know, I mean, you look at Flexen, and you know some of those wins. That's they're they're kind of just doing that with chicken bones. <laughs> you know, because he'll go out and give up four runs in six innings, and uh, for inexplicably the Mariners will score nine that day. So. But Lo- uh, Logan is the uh, he's the real deal. I'm I'm liking this kid quite a bit. So, mm. all right. Well, let's take a look. <laughs> we almost could combine the next two segments, but <laughs> we'll we'll split them up. Scott, there's a very 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 solid donkey of the day, and this, I seem like it seems like we've talked about this story before. Only only the names change, but not the circumstances. Let's find out who indeed wore the golden feed bag. And we'll take home the title of the donkey of the day. Scott, what is there exciting to do in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at night? If you're not if you're not skiing, what are you doing? Drinking. You're drinking. That's right. 
And who was up there drinking? Uh, Gonzaga basketball coach Mark Few. Ooh, how'd that go? Well, I'm sure he had a good time, but unfortunately, he chose to get behind the wheel of a car afterwards. Have we not talked about this, about these guys that have unlimited amounts, basically unlimited amounts of money, especially when you're talking about, you know, ride share. We, they have ride share money. Can we agree with oh, that? If you got extended for about the 40th time at Gonzaga, I kind of figured he would have had a driver by now. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. So he gets pulled over. He gets a DWI. Blows. Well, he didn't even blow. They took a blood test. I don't know if he refused to blow. I don't know why they ended up taking a blood test. Maybe that's what they do in Idaho. I don't know. But he ended up at .118, .119. Of course, legal limit is .08. So he was uh, he was even old school drunk, Scott. Back in, back in my day, it used to be .10. So he would have even he would have even tagged it in 1980. Just just a drunk out there driving on the road. So I guess you're saying that he had a a few too many drinks. I knew it was coming. I I, of course. I knew it had to be coming. Absolutely, he he had a few too many. No question about it. Though, mm-hmm. so does that does that have any realistic effect? Does as far as like discipline for the guys like this? I mean, he has taken that program from you know nothing and made it a national powerhouse. How how long is his leash? I think it's long, but I think that you also have to take some responsibility if you're going to be in charge of, I'd say, mentoring kids, which is basically what the job of a college coach is. Right. So if the point is that as a coach, you're not only supposed to teach them the X and O's of, ba- X and O's of basketball, but you're also supposed to just teach them valuable life lessons and what they can do to progress moving forward. I do think it's a terrible look when the head coach who's in charge of, I don't want to say kids because they're like 18, 19, but for the sake of this, kids – and yet he's got his own legal issues going on, which I think that's a concern. Do I think he's going to get fired or anything? Of course not. Having said that, I do kind of wonder if he might get suspended for maybe a game or two against, I don't know, California Penal, if they're going to win by 90 points. Right. Like, do, you, do you just suspend him for a game or two and just consider that proper justice? Mm-hmm. I think he'll get suspended at, at some point, don't you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to suspend him for the uh... – you know, the, the Southern Utah State game or yeah, what, for the meaningless whatever. game that right. spreads minus 55 and a half. Right. Like one of those games. A- absolutely. And, you know, that's a that's a private university. That's a, that's a Catholic school. There is Gonzaga. Does is that give it? Is, it, is there a higher bar, Scott? Is there a higher bar at Gonzaga? Is there a higher bar at Notre Dame for behavior? Could Li- be worse. Liberty. Coaching at BYU. BYU. I mean, that's. BYU, they would throw you off the. They would, they would fire you. You'd have to. You'd have to, right? That. You'd have to if you're going to get rid of the players for drinking and for engaging in premarital sexual activity, which they have done in the past to BYU, then you kind of have to keep the rules the same for everybody. So I guess the question that I'm asking, if a player would be found of a DUI, would they throw him off the team? I'm not so sure. I think they would probably suspend him indefinitely and then public apology, bring him back, something like that. For the coach, I think they do the same thing. He'll miss a game or two. And then you'll bring him back. He already made the public apology, but I'm sure he'll make another one. I'm sure he'll donate money to some charities, stuff like that. The classic maneuver that you do. When whatever you whatever his agent tells him to do, basically. Yeah, pretty much the PR firm telling him what to do yep. in his ear. Give money to charity and, you know, we'll make it right, so to speak. But I'm assuming we'll get suspended for a game or two. Nothing more. Nothing yeah. less. You? Agreed. Agreed. And I, I, I think it may be... Gives him a little less gravitas when he maybe wants to lecture the kids about proper judgment. I think that's where I think that's where it really hurts more than anything. I think you're probably right, but I'm not mad. I'm still, just disappointed. Yeah, uh, that could have been a case for this too. But the point is, is that Gonzaga is still going to be a powerhouse. They're still going to get a bunch of recruits. They still get a bunch of grad transfers anyway. I don't think it's going to really hurt the program at all. Nope. I think it might hurt Mark Few's reputation, but on the bright side, at least he didn't have a Bayheim situation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. And Scott, will you say it again? He apparently had what? A few too many drinks. There we go. I wasn't I wasn't ready last time, but I yeah. was I was ready then. Yeah, and it set up that time. So, all right, guys. A quick reminder that you are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we will give you the winners. Scott, we I forgot to talk about what we're going to do today. Of course, we're going to go through as we always do and talk about our favorite major league baseball games of the day. We're going to of course have our bet the farm segment and we're going to go through 
the division races in the NFL one more time just to add in all the injuries, the updated and odds. I know we've done this before, but we know we have a lot of new listeners out there with our new with our new podcast format, and we want to make sure that we get that in because it's going to be the last day to bet futures. Uh, basically. We also got preseason, so now we have extra stuff to analyze compared to what we did originally. That's right. That's right. Some, some teams you've learned a little bit preseason, some of them you haven't. So we'll talk about that as well. But Scott, before we get to all that, we've got a... We got a big event coming up. Oh no, we're gonna. Do, oh, we want to talk about the. We, oh, we want to talk about the drunk odds makers one time. Yeah, yep. yeah, because we because we have. You to. was supposed to be the segue into that, but sure. Yeah, you're right. Well, is, it, yeah, we got cut up with the 15 break. Sorry, buddy. Hey, okay. let's talk about which odds makers were drunk because there's some drinkers out there, not just Mark Few, but the odds makers were drunk too. Mark Few's here. You want to do you want to do this one? No, go ahead. So, looking at the Mets and Marlins who played yesterday, we know Marlins Park is pretty pitchers friendly. However, you might want to not put the total at seven and a half when you have Carrasco and Cabrera on the mound. Now, going into yesterday's game, Carrasco had a six point five nine ERA, and Cabrera, youngster, not many appearances, but he had a five point two three ERA, and yet the total was seven and a half. What are we doing? What are we and doing? And the game kids? ended Mets nine. Marlins doesn't matter because the Mets had nine. So my question is, <sighs> as you just said, what are we doing here? Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, and I know I know especially the Marlins have uh, had their offensive struggles throughout the season. Mets haven't been scoring a lot lately. But these are two pitchers. You, you look at a matchup like that and you go, well one of these guys is going to give up a ton. One one of the, one of these teams is going to put up six or better. You just have to you just feel it, and that's exactly what happened. I I uh, I can't believe I can't believe I didn't jump on this because when we looked at it in retrospect, of course it's always easier to look at it when they when when they end up scoring thirteen runs in a seven and a half and go yeah we should have had that, but in this case yeah we should have had that for sure. I'm assuming there was also a very nice price on score first inning because. Total of seven and a half. Carrasco, since he joined the Mets or just this entire season, he's been awful in the first inning. He gave up another run yesterday. Mets had two in the first inning yesterday. But I am curious just what the great correlated prices were, basically, if you had any type of over-imaginable in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, getting a, you're getting a nice price for sure. All right, so this Saturday night, big boxing match coming up, Scott, to four-match four card. Are you excited to see Evander Holyfield fight Vitor Belfort? Well, I'm excited because it's short notice Evander Holyfield because he's taken over the spot for De La Hoya. You know, I'm. it's weird. I I, I wrote this up. I, I must have forgot to put Evander Holyfield Jr. in there because Evander Holyfield's 58 years old. Apparently he's ready to go. Oh, that's him. Yep. Well, that's just going to be wonderful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But what's the most wonderful part about it, Scott? Not that it's fifty. His, not, he, not, he gets to bring his walker out there. I don't, not I don't that know. it's $50. But who's gonna be the who's gonna be doing guest commentary? I heard they got a former president to do the commentary. They do. They're gonna have George Bush. No, they're not gonna have George Bush. They're I was gonna, gonna guess Ronald Reagan. They're gonna have the Donald and the little Donald. They're going to have Donald Trump Sr. and Donald Trump Jr. doing the commentary. It's gonna, it's gonna be alternative commentary. So you can buy the regular uh, sports commentary on one, or you can buy the Trump sports commentary on the other one. So we have always promised not to get political on this show. We're not going to do it. We're not going to talk about what your feelings on the Trump are. That's that's not the point at all. The question that I have is, is it a good move? Are you Because obviously you've got, for lack of a better, let's say we've got half the country on one side, half the country on the other side. So you've got half the country then maybe we'll be excited to see this. And they wouldn't have normally bought that fight. It'll generate some buys. Now, you've got the other half of the country going, well, you know what? I was thinking about doing it, but now that they're doing this, no way would I consider it. So at the end of the day, is it a plus EV move or a minus? Uh, you talk about for the actual program itself or for yeah. Trump? No, no, for the actual program itself. No, Trump is... I think it's a win. I think it's he's a win. old school. Any publicity is good publicity. I was going to say, I think it's a win. And I think it's a win because you just used the same quote that I was going to use. It creates more press. So if you're going to get an, a controversial figure 
I think that's a good way to phrase Trump in this point, whether you're pro or anti, he's a guy who people talk about all the time. Right. And I think that getting him on the mic is going to get your event talked about more in general. So I think it's a good move because what's the worst thing that happens? He says something controversial or he, or he's a terrible commentary guy. That's still good for the actual boxing event because that means you tuned in to listen to him on the mic. So I think it makes sense for them to do it. As for the duo, it's the greatest uh, commentary duo in the history of commentary duos. Is that what he would say about the? Uh, probably up for something like that. Yeah, something like that. But I'm intrigued by it. I, I'm I'm not intrigued by the fights. I'll tell you that much. I don't really want to see a former UFC guy who was in serious use of steroids before uh, Usada basically ended his career, which is what happened to Belfort. And now he has to go against 58 year old Evander Holyfield, junior or senior. It's not really a great card itself. Then again, I wasn't exactly excited about De La Hoya fighting in the first place. So I don't really see the interest. I'm not going to watch this. But if you are looking to get extra viewers, I do think getting a controversial commentator is a way of doing that. Okay. I think it's going to be a successful move business-wise. You? I'm, I'm, I'm of the mindset that you're right. I think it's going to be a plus at the end of the day. Because they give you the option if you if you are on the non-Trump side, you can listen to the regular quote unquote straight broadcast. And if you're a big Trump fan, you can tune in and hear what he has to say. And he's gonna do all four fights. So you get what do you get? Three hours of three hours of the Trumps? I guess. You know, the way that I'm looking at it, if you were willing to watch about three hours of old timers boxing, including Holyfield fifty eight. Are you really sure that Trump broadcasting is the deal breaker there? I feel like the the terrible boxing should be the deal breaker there, you, shouldn't you, it be? So you think you think we may see a worse fight than the commentary we hear? I'm saying that when you're watching a last minute 58 year old sub in for the actual fight, the bar has been set so low that I don't care who's commentating. I feel like at 58, when they call an Evander Holyfield, I feel like they're about three names away from me. Does he need money or something? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Is it, is the, what is the plastic surgery on the ears? Did his insurance not paying for it? I don't understand. It it seems like he's just trying to get the paycheck there. I know Delahoya's had rumors of, I don't want to say drug issues, but it made sense allegedly on why he would want to keep fighting. I don't know. You know, it's free paycheck. Might as well try to get something. And in today's edition of Old Man Yells at Cloud, Scott, can I just put it out there that Aren't sports supposed to be kind of a refuge from politics? Now, I uh, I know we've had some issues in the past with Black Lives the, Matter I was and say, kneeling. The lines and, have been drastically I know, over the last couple of years. I know, but can I can I lament that we've come come to this and can't go back? Is that all right? Can I can I rant about that at least? Well, you can if you want. I mean, people are going to look for a decisive moment where the lines were blurred. I'm sure a lot of people would say the kneeling during the anthem, right? But you forget about the fist raised in the air about 30 to 40 years ago in the Olympics. And yep. nobody really remembers that talk about Ali who chose to not serve in the army when he was still a professional boxer. And he got stripped for that because yep. he won the title at that point. So there, is, that, is that political? Is, is that political though? Well, the point is it was political for the Ali part because he was vehemently anti-war right. when the U S was going into the Vietnam war. So that was kind of the political stance there because he was against the country going to war. But I'm not going to defend or roast Ali for it. The point I'm trying to say is that people have become more aware of the blurring, but politics have always been involved with sports. Just people never wanted to view it that way. Yeah, I know. And I know that's the argument. You know, I mentioned in two events that happened, what, 40, 50 years ago? Well, John Carlos and Tommy Smith were uh, 1968 Mexico City. So that's going to be what uh, 53 years ago that happened and Ali vacated the title I want to say in 67 66 40 50 years ago yeah the point is we're talking about this now since you brought it up but it's been political for a while and people didn't really try to fully group it until now okay I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the grouping but it's been around well this is I don't know it's just something about this seems more overt I mean when those guys went to Mexico City you didn't you you weren't like you didn't have the TV commentators make make sure you tune in today for a big statement from John Carlos and Tommy Smith. It was instantaneous. It just happened. Well, didn't sports also get extremely political when you had the baseball season during 
Well, they canceled. Yeah, they canceled the games for I want to say like a week, maybe five days, I'm just something saying, like that. You had a New York game, and you have the president George George W. Bush throwing out the first pitch. Mm-hmm. That sounds political to me. If, you know what, Scott? That was a weird time because that was more of a statement that America is still here. You know what? I'm I wasn't a George Bush fan, but I was actually taken by that moment when he strode out there. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing the pitch. moment, and of course I understand why that ended up being the case. I don't think that wasn't political. That was a that was a moment that unified the country. That's my point. That wasn't George Bush's. I think that's original. fair, but I think you can make the argument that if the president was involved, then it automatically is political, regardless of what the actual purpose was regarding unifi- un- unifying the country. I'm fine with the move. Okay. I like the pitch. It was also a hell of a first pitch. It was right down the middle. Yeah. But as a whole, you can talk about multiple political figures or multiple athletes being involved in politics. So in the past, and now that's still the case in the present. So I don't think this is something new. I think it's been around for a while. Okay, good enough. And I know we could we could spend many, many shows going down this rabbit hole. It's not not what, something I wanted to do. I just thought it was kind of funny, and I thought it was kind of entertaining. That, And uh, I'm, i i got to be honest with you. I'm probably not going to. I wouldn't buy the fight either way. But I definitely, if I if I can find if I can find a feed somewhere, it'll definitely be the Trump feed. Well, that, be the that one goes back for. to my point: Are people really going to sprint trying to pay for pay per view of Evander Holyfield, then go Trump's commentating? I'm not buying any of this. Yes. Well, you think so? I think they'll they'll, they'll make the decision to go the other side. Okay. Well, we'll see. I I don't know. But. All right. Hey, your boys in the soccer uh, in the soccer kits, Scott. They're not doing well for the old U.S. of A. As we're trying to qualify for the World Cup, is this the, the this is Dubai, right? Is this where the uh, the World Cup they're trying to qualify for? I'm trying to think. Is it Dubai, Qatar? Where are they having this? Or is it is it Qatar? I thought it was Dubai, but it's it's the I, one they're having in the Middle East. Yeah, the, then it's uh it's, it's Qatar. Okay, where it's going to be like eight million. Dubai degrees. definitely did not sound right. Okay, whatever. It's going to be sandy and hot, okay? I don't know which country it is. It's going to be sa- sandy and hot. So, of course, we did not go to uh, the most recent World Cup, as I know you're well aware. And we've had a couple of real sketchy draws so far, Scott. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, we haven't won any games. We also didn't lose any games. So it could be worse. We tied with El Salvador, and then we tied with Canada. Spanish word, the, the Canada Salvador. One, we were also winning. It was one nothing in the second half, and we ended up giving up an equalizer. I'm not really concerned about the Canada draw because Canada also gave us a tough time in the Gold Cup, which we ended up winning. But I believe that game was one nothing, or the Nations Cup, or whatever we were. We ended up beating Mexico in the final or in one of the events. But the point is, is that Canada's been improving in soccer as well. So I'm not going to immediately panic about that. The El Salvador one, not great, but there are a lot of games when it comes to qualifying. You think it's too early to panic? Because I think it's a little too early to panic. They haven't lost a game yet. Can we wait until they actually get no points as a result? What are they? They play in twenty-three games in three hundred and twenty-two days. Is that right? They're really compressing the schedule. No, or no, no, two no, hundred two twenty-two games. Sorry, two hundred twenty-two days. I don't remember how many games it is. I I thought it might have been only thirteen or something, but it's definitely double digits. The point is, we're two games in. Can we just like pump the brakes on the panic? I know the I know the analogy I saw was we are at basically at 23 games in of the major league schedule. That's that's what okay. it would equate to. And everyone's calling for a full on firing of the coach and everything. I know there was also an issue for the uh, about yesterday because you had to throw off a couple of players because they violated the bubble. So you had a separate issue there where you had to get rid of some quality players because they violated rules. And I don't have an issue with that. But you, I'm assuming you agree with me. We're two games in. We haven't lost a game yet. Are we sure we want to immediately just turn the entire team upside down? No, I don't think so. I I, I think we can absolutely just relax for a second. Again, let's see. Let's see if we lose to Honduras and we can get back to this. Well, that's a and that's you know that's a biggie. And you know the nice thing is if they if they beat Honduras, they'll have five points for the first window here of the qualifying. They'll be in fine shape. So even if they tie, it's not the end of the world. But people are calling for the firing of the coach after we won two tournaments during the spring and summer just tells you how reactionary soccer fans are because they want to fire everybody as soon as you lose one game. Not even losing, as soon as you draw one game. Is that is that a is that a soccer thing where fans are like that? It's the case in a lot of sports, but soccer, especially with how long the actual seasons are for domestic leagues and for everything like that. 
it does seem like soccer fans have an extremely limited amount of patience. All right, very good. Hey, we'll be right back. Take a look at the NFL. You guys stay tuned. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating. Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winers? What's Winners and Winers? Exactly. So what do you tell them? I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over but these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwinners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see, that wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure. You're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude, it's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them. Oh, man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though, winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. second half of Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. And that's what we're going to do here for the last 30 minutes. We're going to do nonstop winners. Scott, we have one more topic to talk about. It's going to kind of segue into our NFL pick. The Ravens, uh, speaking of speaking of 58-year-old men, uh, they signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. Uh, does that pretty much turn the tables for you for this Ravens team now that has lost pretty much every running back that's worth a damn? Well, the music might improve because they signed a rapper to the team. So I heard that. his uh, music career didn't go too well for Le'Veon Bell. Well, it went about as well as his uh, as his football career has gone recently. Was that looking back? Is that one of the worst moves of all time to hold out? Uh, you can make the argument yes, but he also got paid by the Jets anyway, so it wasn't like he made no money. He got paid, he got bought out, so it could have been worse hypothetically, but it definitely wasn't a good move. And I'm sure running backs will take that into account moving forward, but. He signed a practice squad contract with the Ravens because, of course, the Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins and they're trying to scramble to find a replacement. You had Le'Veon Bell last year. Mm-hmm. The did. Jets got rid of him. Yes. Do you want to talk about how useless he was or how productive he was? Because I'm pretty sure he didn't really do much for you at all. No, he was. He was. Uh, he, he he definitely looked like he had lost a step. I think this is a guy that's going to come in and probably average 3.4, 3.5 yards per carry. He's not. He's, he doesn't. He doesn't have the burst. If you if you if there's a hole there, he can still hit the hole, and he can. He still runs. He still runs pretty big. You know, he'll still drag some some tacklers with him, but he doesn't have that first step anymore. And he's he's probably good enough to be on a roster to be the third or fourth back. Maybe would a th- you rather have him or Latavius Murray? I'd rather have Latavius Murray. I agree. Go Murray. Oh, Murray. I can't are... mention that because Murray got cut yesterday. Were you, by the su- Saints, were you surprised so. they, the Saints got him? No. Uh, I, I was surprised before I found out the reason why. The reason why is because a backup running back said he wasn't going to take a pay cut. And people re- and the Saints realized if we're giving Kamara most of the touches anyway, then we can find somebody cheaper on the street. So I'm not surprised they caught him because he refused to take a pay cut. Do I blame Murray for taking a pay for not taking a pay cut? No. It's his money and he wants it now. But wow. they just I had to. But I feel like Murray has more in the tank than Bell. I don't think Murray's a bad running back, but the Ravens, we talked about Dobbins getting injured. 
We didn't even mention the fact that Hill's also out for the year, who was supposed to be their third string running back. Right, just, they're really just decimated. They're down to Edwards at this point, basically. They got Edwards and they got Williams, who was undrafted. It was really good in preseason, but they wanted a veteran presence back there. So I guess I understand the signing for the practice squad because worst case is it's the practice squad, so you're not paying him much. Right. I just think Murray was clearly the better option. Agreed. I think I think he will catch on somewhere for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, very good. Well, let's start with that division, Scott. We are we're gonna go through and we, we realize as as we hit the with the football season here that like we said, there was a lot of people that hadn't seen our shows. We we did a show probably six, eight weeks ago where we broke down our NFL division choices, but a lot has changed since then. We've we've seen the preseason, we've seen injuries, we've seen the odds adjust a little bit, so we thought we'd give you one last spin here. Let's go ahead and go with the with the AFC North. Scott, this is a division where the Ravens were the clear cut favorite. They are now the co-favorite, according to Bet Online, with the Cleveland Browns at plus one forty, Steelers plus four twenty-five, Cincinnati Bengals plus twelve hundred. Now, I do have a couple of questions here. First of all, we saw the Steelers. We saw Ben look like he's back in preseason. Does that uh, think does that change your feelings at all on the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that you and I were both very down on? I was going to say a little bit because I was a fan of what I saw for Matt Canada's system, but of course, it's preseason. Half the players on defense aren't starting anyway, so I don't know how much you can actually take away from it. Right. The concern I have now is the separate can of worms with Pittsburgh, which is the potential holdout of their best defensive player and arguably the best defensive player in the league last year because T.J. Watt's been holding out of drills. I'm not sure if he's going to skip a game or not, but the point is it's a lingering distraction, and I am a little bit concerned about that when you have drama before the start of the actual regular season. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Pay, pay the man. It's guaranteed money. Pay, pay him. Pay, He's a great defensive lineman. Pay the man his money. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Uh, are you on the Browns here at plus 140? I am. Uh, going into the actual uh, predictions a couple of months ago, I believe I was leaning Cleveland. I think it was pretty close, though, between them and Baltimore. Right. Losing Dobbins is so huge. Yeah. And I know that Edwards is a good running back. Right. But Dobbins can catch passes. He can. He has a lot of explosiveness that I think Edwards doesn't have. And we already know with uh, just him being out, you're also missing Bateman for the start of the year with his injury, and he was supposed to help with the receiving core. Isn't it basically just the same offense as last year, except you lost your arguably your best running back? So if we had questions about Lamar passing, why would any of them be answered when the main addition you had during the offseason was the draft pick who's now not playing to start the season? I like Cleveland. The defense should be good. Mayfield looked comfortable last year. Stefanski's got a good system in place. I think Cleveland's just a very good team. Yeah, I do too. I think I, I really, I really like that defense, and I think that defense is going to make up for the mistakes that that Cleveland offense. But, but you know, if that Cleveland offense puts it together, they have. I don't know. Is that the best? Is that the best running back tandem in the league? I would say it is. And you also got to remember that Odell missed a decent portion of last year. Now, some people make the argument. Baker was better without Odell, and maybe that's true. But the point is, you have another weapon out there who could win one-on-one coverage, which just makes it more difficult for the defense to contain everybody. They just have a ton of weapons, and the offensive line, in my opinion, is the best offensive line in the entire league. I like Cleveland. Yep, I I agree with you there. I think we're I think we're getting a good price at plus one forty. I think there's there's teams I don't like as well that are minus money right now. One of those teams is the Buffalo Bills, Scott. They're in the AFC East. The Bills prohibitive favorites here, minus 155, followed by the Patriots and Dolphins, and then the lowly New York Jets at plus 1,800. Uh, Patriots plus 325, Dolphins plus 375. Everybody keeps telling me how good the Bills are, Scott. You know, I, I, think, I think I'm just unnaturally annoyed at Bills because of their fans. That's I, fair. I'm picking the Bills anyway, just to be quick with this. Josh Allen, I think, has a shot to an MVP. The defense, I think, got better during the offseason. They brought in Rousseau, who should help the pass rush. The offense, we know about Diggs. They got Emmanuel Sanders now. This team's really, really good. And I said when win totals just came out and when they just released the schedule, I said my favorite win total, I believe, was Buffalo over, I think it was 10.5 mm-hmm. at the time. That sounds right. 10.5, maybe 11 flat, but I know it's definitely gone up since then. I think Buffalo is easily the best team in this division. So I'm okay with laying a minus price with them. I just think they're better than everyone else can, in the can, East. Can we stop making believe like Emmanuel Sanders makes a huge difference on teams? 
when, when, when does matters. when does that happen? He didn't make a difference in San Francisco. He didn't make a difference in New Orleans. When does he was this... okay with New Orleans? I don't think he was that bad. Usually I'm not saying he was bad, but he, he's being he's being put up. And you you did the same thing. A lot of national reporters they're putting up. That's a game changer bringing in Emmanuel Sanders at the two. I didn't no. say it was a game changer, but I do think it helps replace the absence of John Brown. Okay. All right. So that's like the floor. I think he's another guy who can replace one of the losses they would have had. Beasley? He's fine. I mean, the vaccine stuff, you know, is a separate distraction, but... Well, again, I don't care about his politics. I care if he's going to be available. No, that's why why I mentioned the vaccine stuff, because that's, of course, the question. But Buffalo brought back the same offensive coordinator that turned Josh Allen into an MVP candidate. It brought back basically everybody on the coaching staff. Why would I think this year would be any different than last year? This well, team's just really good. I agree, and I and I think there's also a, a lack of competition in that division. Yeah, we're looking at the, you know I know I know there's a lot of people that are with, they're catching the Patriots bus now with Mac Jones. I'm I'm not buying that at all. Sorry. I think they're better with Mac Jones than Cam Newton. Agreed. I, I will I will completely agree with that. No, I, and I don't I don't think Belichick made the wrong move. I just think there's going to be growing pains with a rookie quarterback, and let's be honest, not a very strong backfield. So I, I just don't know. I think the defense will be fine. I'm just not sure how many points that offense is going to generate. And I think Miami is going to be worse this year. I was going to—that's what I was going to ask you. Did the Dolphins finish in front of the Patriots? I think no. Okay. I, I know my, people like Miami and Tua might be good, but Fitzpatrick won them a ton of games last year. He did. He did. He probably—he probably was a difference of three games there. Tua wouldn't have won. Uh, he also stubbed, subbed in the middle of that Raiders game. Did the Jets get uh, out of the out of the cellar? That, no, that that defense is so bad. It's not their fault. A couple of their key guys got injured. Yeah. But that defense is going to stop anybody. Okay. Offense, offense, offense do better this season? Yeah, I think the offense will do better if Elijah Moore stays healthy. Wilson will look good. But if you have no pass rush, which I'm sure you can attest to because that was the Chiefs problem before they got Frank Clark. If you have no pass rush and you're against any NFL quarterback, they're going to carve you apart. Yep. You got you. No matter how good your cornerbacks and safeties are, they can't cover guys indefinitely. Yep. They, they just can't. You, they're they're designed to cover guys about three three point two seconds, and that's it. And mm-hmm. a, after that, you're on your own, brother. You got to get to the quarterback before that. So, AFC South it really comes down to a two uh, team race there: Titans and Colts. Titans the favorite minus one ten. Colts plus one fifty. Uh, the Jags, probably the only the only division in football, they wouldn't be the cellar dwellers. They are plus 600. My God, Scott. When it, anybody that wants to bet the Jags are plus 600, just send us your money. We'll, we'll have a show. We'll light it on fire. and We'll have a good time. Uh, Texans 2,800, which is a worse bet? Which is worse? Which is a worse bet? What? What are you more likely to, to to just light your money on fire with? The Jags or the Texans? I'm assuming the war speed is Jacksonville because for Houston, you're probably betting less money. Yes, I would hope so. But either way, you're going to win $0 and you're going to lose whatever you bet. Yes. So they're both really dumb bets. Fair enough. Fair enough. Colts over Titans, Scott, or we both think the Titans roll here behind Derrick Henry? I got to go with the Titans. Yeah. I mean, the main issue you had with with – Tennessee last year was the pass rush because it was awful. They brought in Clowney for about half a year. Yeah. That didn't work out. It was still awful. Surprise. It was awful, but they did get Bud Dupree during the offseason, who yep. I know is coming off an ACL injury, but we can agree that's an actual pass rusher yes. who should help to some degree. The offense got Julio Jones. I'm not going to fully overreact to it because I'm not sure if he can stay healthy, but that offense is really good. If the defense can generate even – a small hint of a pass rush, they should win 11 games. A Susan of a pass rush. I think you'd agree with that. So I'm going to go with the over. I think they'll probably win 11 games. I just think they're that talented offensively. I'm... Indianapolis has their own issues. When son of can stay healthy, Hilton's going to be out indefinitely. The Colts are falling apart as we speak. I got to go with, I got to go with Tennessee. I'm just really down on this Colts team. I just, I frankly, I just don't see it with, with Wentz. Uh, Ellinger's out. So, I mean, even if, even if Wentz falls, it's, now it's going to be Jacob Eason. <laughs> Good luck. I like. I, mean, I, I mentioned the Hill, the Hilton injury, and of course he's past his prime, but he was their number one wide receiver on the depth chart. Right. Well, they also and they also lost some some depth there. They lost JJ Nelson. They lost Courtney Davis. 
Yeah. They're down to their three receivers are, are they got Pittman, they got Pascal, and they Paris, got Paris, Paris Campbell, Campbell. But yep. I can't say I'm thrilled with any of those guys. I think Pittman's okay. Yep. I haven't really seen much room because he got injured last year. I think Pascal's an okay possession guy, yep. but that's your three receivers you're gonna roll with. Their and their defense is gonna keep them in some games. I think this is gonna be an under machine, Scott. It should be. They should run the ball with Taylor about 30 times a game. Yeah, that's really the only player they have that's, I would say, a plus war on that. I'm just saying, when your best receiver is arguably your your third-string running back in Hines, you might want to trade for a wide receiver. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't address that. Well, I, was, I mean, they were expecting Hilton to stay healthy. That I understand, happen, but, you're, but you're still a little light there. They're very light. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. And we will finish it up. With the West, because the West is best. Uh, this is the one where the Chiefs, minus 250 favorites, Chargers plus 500, Broncos plus 525, Raiders bringing up the rear plus 1,400. Any reason to fade the Chiefs here? I'm sticking with my original plan, which was I would bet on the Chiefs and I'd bet on the Chargers to create an arbitrage situation yep. because the Broncos aren't winning that division and the Raiders aren't winning that division. So if you balance it out accordingly with a pl- with a minus two fifty and about a plus five hundred, aren't you making guaranteed money? Yes. Is it is is it the most ridiculous thing in the world that there's only twenty five cents difference between the Chargers and the Broncos? That's absurd. I think if you want pure value play, take the Chargers because the Chargers should be closer to around three or four to one than five to one. But I think the Chiefs are going to win the division. But I do think if you bet both, you'll make guaranteed profit. Very good. Quick reminder, you are listening to Winderson Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. We're halfway through the NFL, baby, doing it by division by division. Scott, what should be, well, actually, there's a couple of competitive divisions on the NFC side. We'll start in the East. The Dallas Cowboys, plus 160. Uh, the National uh, Washington football team, plus 180. Giants, 330. And the Eagles are 650. I know you're a big Cowboys guy. You want to speak to their chances with Dak, a, a shoe-in for comeback player of the year, so you say? Uh, I think he should be if he stays healthy. As I know he's the favorite. As for my opinions on the Cowboys, I love Washington plus 200. I, I think the wrong team's favorite here. Okay. Now, you can talk about the division and how tough it's going to be because Washington has a first-place schedule. Alex Smith, great story. Terrible quarterback last year. Just going to be honest. He was awful. He couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards. Fitzpatrick can actually push the ball downfield. Yes, he's going to throw some dumb picks, but if your defense is good enough, which it is, to bail you out of some tough spots, I think there's a ton of upside with Fitzpatrick at quarterback, unleashing McLaurin for more deep passes. They got Curtis Samuel, who's also capable of making big plays. Gibson's a good running back. McKissick was really good last year. The defense is so damn good. Yeah. And Chase Young, who we both knew was a can't-miss prospect, is somehow even better than we thought he was going to be. Right. He's absolutely insane. He's better better sooner. He didn't have much of a learning curve. Correct. And the Cowboys, we know that if they stay healthy, the offense is great. Do they really do anything besides bringing in Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator to address any issues? Because that secondary is still atrocious. Yeah, it is. I I don't – I – I think this is a I think this is a media pick. Um, I think the pass rush is underrated because I think if Lawrence stays healthy, he gives you something. But the secondary should be awful. I think Parsons is a good linebacker, but he can't cover anybody. And Washington, I think that if the offense can generate enough big plays to get you in field goal range or to score, this should be a top three, top four scoring defense in the league. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, so and, go with Washington. and you know, they're missing the Dallas is going to be without Zach Martin for a while. Well, they're clearly going to lose game one because they're not beating Tampa without Zach Martin. That's what I'm, that's what I'm that's saying. So, and you know, spoiler alert, we'll be back to talk about that in more in depth tomorrow. And you're also assuming that Dak can stay healthy for the whole year, which I'm not sure about Fitzpatrick, even if you don't like him as a quarterback, he's always been very durable. Yeah. And if Dak goes down, it is over, over because you've it's got, over. you've got Cooper Rush and Will Greer. Wasn't he the grandpa on the Waltons? Uh, could be. Do, I remember him in you, West Virginia, but remember he started one game for Carolina last year and yeah. he was awful. Yes. Yes. You don't I, want him behind center if you're the Cowboys. Not good. Not good. Uh, all right, Scott, let's take a look as we move to the North. The frozen So we agree with Washington on that one, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think a wrong team is favored there. Uh, Packers 
Minus 150, Vikings, Bears, Lions. I'm gonna make a bold I'm gonna make a bold prediction. You ready? Okay. The Lions finish in front of the Bears. Wow. There you go. I think you're wrong, but I I appreciate I know. The, the guts the gutsiness of the call. Oh no, the odds are that I'm absolutely stone cold wrong. I'm just making I'm just making a bold play. You know, it's easy it's easy to go with the favorites. Like, oh, I take Green Bay. They're pretty well, good. Stan, if you're going with division, take a stand odds, here, Bears buddy. are plus five fifty, Lions are twenty eight to one. So you can assume the Bears should finish a couple of games ahead of the Lions based on that case. Correct. That's why. That's so what why, I'm saying is call. yours is a gutsy call. Okay. Now, as far as the, the actual winner goes. I'm taking Green Bay. Yeah, too. I, I I don't see anything with the Vikings. I, I have flaws with every other team in this division. No, there's flaws with the Vikings. There's flaws with the flaws with the Packers as see, well. See, you can say that because Smith is injured, but you know Rodgers can single-handedly bring you to 11 wins. Minnesota has Cousins, who nobody really likes, but he's still getting paid a bunch of money. Plus, he's not vaccinated, so I'm not sure what the story is there. He's walking around with plexiglass. I feel like that's just a huge distraction, and he's also not very good. Not what you want to see out of your quarterback, is it? Not really what you want to see. The Bears don't know who their starting quarterback is. It shouldn't be Dalton, but it is. That's not going to work out. Plus, the Bears' first couple of weeks there, we mentioned Nagy to be first coach fired a couple of months ago. That schedule to start the year is brutal, and the Lions, I think, are going to be terrible. So Green Bay, by process of elimination, should go 5-1 and in division, 4-2 worst case. They should win 11 games. All right, and let's kind of uh, kind of rip through this next one. It's the NFC South. I think is this for you similar to the AFC West, where there's really only one team that is worth a mention. Same thing I just mentioned with the Green Bay division. Every other team is a flaw. I'll take the defending Super Bowl champions who got everybody back. I'll go with Tampa Bay. You? Uh, I think every other team has multiple flaws. By the yeah. way, New Orleans is your second favorite at plus three seventy five. I have no interest in that whatsoever. My hot take. They might surprise. They might surprise. I think New Orleans will make the playoffs. I think. I think they do better than people anticipate. I. I. You know. You know. I love the riverboat gamblers. You know. I love famous Jameis. Well, they also added another playoff spot for both, both conferences, so that definitely is possible that they, the Saints end up getting in. This count as a hot take if I think Carolina finishes ahead of Atlanta. A little bit. They're, 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 I've got them at BOL at plus 800 and Atlanta at, at the Carolina Panthers at plus 950. So I know I'm not supposed to buy into preseason because the starters didn't play for Atlanta. Right. They were the worst preseason team that I saw all, out of the entire league. Pretty, defense, pretty awful. That defense can't stop anybody. No. And Matt Ryan, if he gets injured, who's their backup? Felipe Franks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's a problem. And I don't think their defense is any good. Of course, they lost Julio. Pitts should be good. I don't want to gamble on a rookie tight end. But that defense should be awful. Yeah. And I didn't like what I saw from their team depth in preseason. Very good. Uh, and moving on, finishing up with the NFC West. Of course, the Niners, a slight favorite, plus 175. Rams, plus 210. Seahawks, plus 290. The Cardinals, plus 500. That would be the best price on, or the, the lowest price on any fourth place team, by the way, Scott, I saw I saw somebody post yesterday a talking head somewhere said the Niners finished last. I'm not buying that. Are you buying the first place for the Niners? I am, but I think it's between them and Los Angeles. Seattle has the smoke and mirrors, pixie dust stuff with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, but they just have no depth. I mean, you're looking at the offensive line, which has been an issue for years. The receiving core. Besides Lockett and Metcalf, who else do they have over there? Well, I mean, a cynic would say, who else do you need? That's fair, but you can talk about the running backs. Carson's very good, but he's always injured. Mm-hmm. The defense was good in the second half of last year. You also paid Jamal Adams a boatload of money. I don't know if you have any pass rush. No, and you know what? I really did kind of poo-poo that, but that is a very, very light receiving core. You know, your second, your second guys are D. Eskridge, Penny Hart, uh, and, 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 and Freddie Swain's actually going to start. What's that? Eskridge is on the pub. He's not even ready to play week one. I've got, I've got, I do not have a pub designation by him. I have, a, I have oh, IR so got, by he jo- got activated then? John Ursua. Okay. I know, I know that Eskridge was on the pup. I'm not sure if he still is or if he got removed, but I liked him in college, but he shouldn't be your number three receiver. He's a kickoff returner. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So, all right, buddy. I think Seattle will probably win nine games. I think they'll squeak into a playoff spot, but not great. LA I like, but I'm going to wait and see Stafford with this system. San Francisco, I'm not going to buy too much into the preseason and everything like that, as I said before. 
But that defense, when they want to stay healthy, is unbelievable. And they mm-hmm. can run the ball better than any other team in the league, in my opinion. Right. Besides maybe Cleveland. Kittle's back. Bosa's back. They actually just signed Josh Norman to help out the secondary. I just really like that team from top to bottom. Well, you've got you've got D Ford back as, a, yeah. as an edge. They got as everybody well. back. It's yeah. close, but I'm gonna lean San Francisco because when healthy, that team went to the Super Bowl. Is, do you find it unusual that we hear a bunch of hype about golf and we hear a bunch of hype about Matt Stafford? Two quarterbacks that their original teams were ready to ditch him. I'm sorry, there's hype around golf? Absolutely. You, I don't think there's any hype around golf. There is. There, Detroit's th- going to be a disaster, in my opinion. I'm just saying, so, if you if you read previews of Detroit, they're talking about what a difference golf is going to make. I think that he'll make the team worse compared to Stafford. Okay, well, I agree with that. But I'm just saying there's two quarterbacks that both their teams gave up on them, and now all of a sudden they're going to take their new teams to new heights. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying I either one of the it. hype on Stafford, I, but I'm not willing to jump with both feet in. I'll dip a toe in. Okay. I'm, I think they'll make the playoffs. I'm just going with at, San Francisco. At one point in his career, I might have bought the hype with Stafford. He is too beat down and he is too, too, uh, he's got the, he's still got the silver and blue ingrained in him. I, I mean, he's, I do think though, losing Cam Akers is a big deal for the Rams. Sure. Oh, it's a huge deal. It, they, that's a, that's a team that really couldn't afford to lose anybody. No offense to Sony Michelle, but Cam Akers is better than you. Yes. Sorry. All right, buddy. Well, that's it. So just to uh, just to recap real quick. Um, do, 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 a little chalky. Do, 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 do a little chalky. I mean, that's what's are you you got a dog? I, I guess well, our, I got two because DraftKings has the Ravens at plus one ten, Browns at plus one fifty five. Okay, well that's like okay for yeah, we like the Browns. And we like Washington. Yep. 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 Those okay. are my two. I like the favorites in every other division. A couple of small dogs. And we think the Chargers are worth a sniff. Because this is, a, this is a Chiefs team that's... I said the arbitrage, but if you think Mahomes maybe gets injured... That's the then thing. maybe take a shot. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the, that's the thing with Mahomes. And he does, have, he does have three rookies on the offensive line. At the end of the day, you're going to be starting three rookies. They're very good. Uh, you've got... Uh, you know, Yang sat out last year, so he's technically a second-year guy, but this will be his first season. Uh, you've got the center from Oklahoma, uh, Creed Humphrey, who's very good. But you've still, you've got three rookie offensive linemen. And Patrick Mahomes may not be as bad as the Super Bowl, but he could be running for his life a little bit. And anytime you start running for your life, there's the potential for injury. I think San Diego, whether you or Los Angeles, the Chargers, rather, uh, are worth a sniff, whether you offset it with the Chiefs or not. Yeah, I'm looking at the arbitrage, but fair point. All right, very good. Well, Scott, we didn't get a chance to get to baseball, but we do uh, We do have room for the one, the only, you know what it is. You ready to get on your tractor, put on that straw hat, put on your overalls, and, uh, oh yeah, bet the farm, baby. All right, Scott, I know we had a big farm play yesterday, and... How did that end up going? We had the Giants team total over six and a half, and they scored a lot more than six and a half. There you go. That is our San Francisco Giants taking it to them there at Coors Field. You know, you and I, when we were doing that farm play, we didn't love the fact it was six and a half because that's a ton. But, you know, when we saw Chi Chi was pitching and, and we suddenly got very excited. And we saw Chi Chi was pitching and we became very excited. All right. So, what do we got cooked up for today, my friend? So, we're going to stick with baseball, looking at the Blue Jays and Yankees. First five under five and a half at minus 115 on bet MGM. Yankees have scored just one run in the, their last 21 innings. Not good. Now, Manoa's pitching for Toronto. Faced the Yankees once this season. Six innings, no runs. Luis Gill, or Hill, however you want to pronounce it, is pitching for heel. the Yankees. It is Heel, actually. Heel, sorry. Uh, this season, 15 and two-thirds innings pitched. Zero runs. So, I like both pitchers in this spot. Yankees can't touch the ball. Toronto might score four here. I don't know if the Yankees are going to score more than one. Five and a half seems way too high for the first five. It's a gift. Here you go. Here, take it. Take it. All right. Very good. We do thank you for listening. We thank all of our YouTubers out there for watching. For the whole team over here at Winners and Wonders Radio, thanks very much for checking us out today. We appreciate it. Good luck on all of your plays today, and we will see you tomorrow on 
Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.